0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to 50 Days of Transformation. Actually, this is our last introductory message before we begin because we begin next week, and I want to make sure everybody has their book and that everybody is signed up in a growth group. You need to do that today. Some of you said, well, maybe not to me, but I'm assuming you said to yourself, well, in the bulletin, none of those dates or times fit me. you see that little box that says, your name here. Choose your own name and time, place. We'll give you a DVD. And our leaders will even give you a free book. Okay? want everyone signed up. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there too. So there's you. Just get two or three more and you've you got a group. You've got a small group. Today's message we're calling Setting Personal Goals by Faith. And in 50 days of transformation, we're going to be setting seven goals for our lives. Now, our theme verse is uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, and I want us to read it together, okay? So let's all look up here on the screen, and ready, begin. Do not conform. Okay, let's start over. One, two, three. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind it starts between the years if we're going to be transformed we need to change the way we think god wants us to be nonconformist We're going to be transformed, not like the world, but the way God wants us to be, the way God made us to be. You know, God created you to be an original. There's only one you, but you know what happens over time? We end up becoming carbon copies of everybody else. What do I mean by that? Does anybody remember the first time you saw somebody on the street that had pink hair and you just went, whoa, what's going on there? And then before long, everyone had pink hair. <laughs> it was no big deal. Or a nose ring. I remember the first time I saw someone with a nose ring, I wanted to go, you, you know, you got something. You got a little something. And then I realized what it was, right? That everyone, see, what we thought was original, we just ended up becoming carbon copies. God has called you to be uniquely you and not conform to this world. Just be who God called you to be. Now, during the seven... Uh, or the 50 days, we're gonna seven weeks. We're gonna look at seven key areas of your life. We're gonna take one a week for seven weeks, starting next week, because God wants us healthy. We're gonna look at our spiritual health. We're gonna look at our our uh, physical health, our mental health, our emotional health, our relational health, our financial health, and then finally our vocational health. And this series is about your future. It's making the best the rest of your life now there are several features that are going to take place and so some of you are saying you know i'm not sure what a small group does and you know i'm not really sure what that's all about so here's some of the features that will be ha- happening during the next seven weeks you're going to watch seven video studies in your small group all taught by pastor rick you say well if i'm a host does that mean i have to teach no pastor rick does all the teaching you are just the host and you you have a book And you get your book and your DVD and you watch it this week because you need to be one week ahead of everybody else. What does a host have to do? He or she has to be a week ahead of everybody else. Then you discuss what it means. Then you're going to read 50 short daily devotionals. They're all in here. That's why everybody needs a book. Uh, There's a scripture. And then there's like about a half-page comment on those scriptures. And then, you know, there'd be like three three questions. Uh, what, did, what did you think? What did you hear? Now, what are you going to do about it? And then you talk to God. So you don't have to go, man, I've not really had the habit of having a quiet time. But, you know, if the quiet time, my daily quiet time is already there in the book, I can do that for 50 days. And you'll be surprised when the 50 days is over. You're going to keep talking with God. You're going to still have a quiet time. I just believe that that's God's plan for your life and you're going to carry that on. Then you're going to listen to seven sermons each week that go along with the discussion time that Rick's going to lead in the in the in the small group. You'll memorize a brief Bible verse each week and then you'll set a personal goal for each of those seven areas that we talked about. All six of these are tools for your transformation. Now, let's take a look at six reasons why goal setting is so so important. Did you first one is goals. Goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. Goal setting is a spiritual response ability. Did you know that God set goals? God set goals to create a universe, to create an earth. God set goals for your life. He plans on spending life with you in eternity. He's got already goals and things in mind that he wants to do with you when you get there. Jesus set goals. Uh, Jesus is telling the disciples, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's what's going to happen next. Uh, one time he says to him, he goes, I must need go through Samaria. That's where we're going. And they're thinking, it's Samaria. You know what the Samaritans were, right? Half Jew, half Gentile. Oh, man, they're just a bunch of half breeds. We... Jews avoided Samaria. Jesus said, no, I, I, we're going through Samaria. What they didn't know was Jesus had an appointment with a woman at a well there, right? And that woman got saved. The whole village got saved. They spent three days there. Jesus had goals. And what was his ultimate goal? The Bible says Jesus set his face like a flint toward Jerusalem. He says, guys, we're going to Jerusalem. What was his ultimate goal in Jerusalem? The cross. The cross. Jesus set goals. Aren't you glad he had a goal? You know, keep talking about in communion this morning, uh, reminding us no one wants to... We know that we have a date with death. Jesus was a baby born to die. Manger Jesus was cross Jesus. His goal was to die for you and me. The apostle Paul set goals. Let's take a look at this in Philippians chapter 3. Here's Paul's goal. He mentions goal three times in this text. I know that I'm not what God wants me to be. Anybody agree with the Apostle Paul? You say that about yourself. A, he says, I haven't reached that goal. See, but I want to. My goal is to be like Christ. Christ. God's goal for us is to be like his son. I haven't reached that goal yet, but I keep moving toward it. To make it mine because Christ made me and saved me for this. I know that I haven't yet reached my goal. But there's one thing I always do. Forgetting the past and straining toward what is ahead. I keep my focus on the goal. Yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I've fallen short. But I don't give up. I keep on going to the goal. So that I may one day win the prize that God has called me to receive through Christ in the life of Above. Now, watch how he ends this. Three times he says, I got a goal for my life. And he says, You know what? If you're spiritual, you will too. All of you who are spiritually mature should think in this same way too. It's important to have spiritual goals in your life. If you don't, then you're just going through life not by design, but by default. Kind of doing what everybody else wants you to do rather than do what God wants you to do. And so to be spiritually mature, we must set spiritual goals. Number two, the second reason goal setting is so important is because goals are really statements of faith, aren't they? When you say, you know, I believe God wants me to do this. He's wired me for this. He's shaped me for this. Um, I believe He's calling me to do this in X amount of time. I want to get it done this year. That is a goal. That is a spiritual thing. That is a statement of faith. God wants to stretch your faith. And so that's why we sometimes challenge you to do something like, for the next 50 days, you're going to have a daily quiet time. So I've never had a daily quiet time. 50 days you can do this. Stretch your faith. It's a part of it. See, the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. And so it takes faith to please God. You need to take some risks sometimes. God wants you to go out on a limb for him. Let me show you a goal stretching verse from Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. God can do anything. You believe that? He can do anything. Even change your life. Transform you if you if you're willing to cooperate with his plan far more than you could ever imagine or guess. Or dare to request in your wildest dreams. Let the size of your God determine the size of your goals. You need to dream big. Now, there are two common mistakes that we make when we set goals. Number one, we generally set the goal too low. And then number two, we try to accomplish it too quickly. And uh, and then when you don't accomplish it, at the right time that you think you should, you kind of give up and quit. But during 50 days of transformation, I want to dare you to not only dream big dreams for your life, but then set a goal to do it. Dreaming doesn't cost you anything. And one of the things that you might want to ask yourself as you're doing a little out loud daydreaming, God... If I could do anything for you this year, and you guaranteed me I'd be successful at it, what is it I would want to do for you? That's a good question to ask. If God guaranteed you would be a success, and you would meet your goal, what would you want to do? That's a good place to start, but then you need to set a goal with that. See, you need both. You not only need a dream that doesn't cost anything, you need a goal that costs a lot. Because now you've got to implement the dream. Now you got to put it into action. Now, if it's going to be, you need to start moving forward. Recently, I had dinner with um, some of our ministry leaders. We And 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 I sent them out a, an email ahead of time, a few weeks in advance. And I said, hey, we're going to be getting together for dinner. And uh, I want you to Cast some vision. Come prepared to cast some vision for what God is telling you to do in your ministry this year. And uh, I, I liked what this one couple wrote. They said, "Well, I won't read the whole thing. I'll just tell you what they said at the end of it." This was a real gone honoring goal. It was a a goal that was really a stretch, way out here, huge. And I like what the the ending said. We are scared and we are excited. Scared and excited at the same time, but hopeful to see what God's going to do through us. Now, that's a God-honoring goal, isn't it? Man, when you're scared and excited at the same time, faith and fear can coexist in the same container, can't they? And that's what they were saying. And as I, I heard that, I thought, man, that is terrific. God God's going to bless them, I believe. God's going to bless them for having such a great, God honoring goal. See, the difference between a dream and a goal is a deadline. <laughs> you got to have a deadline, right? We this this church dreamed big one year, and uh, our elders got together. I'm thinking about eight months and talking about how you know we really need to do something big and challenge ourselves and challenge the church to go big. And and one of the things we we wanted to target was families with young children. We thought, we were involved in sports ministry back in those days. Don't you remember Keith and Jan traveling all around? We played volleyball and we played basketball and and we played softball. But we had to travel large, long distances to be in uh, CAA, Church Athletic Association. Had a lot of fun, uh, but we were kind of getting older and slowing down and we thought, you know, some of these young kids are coming up and we want to make sure that they have a place to play. So we decided we're going to build ourselves a family life center. And we started looking around. We found a, an architect, uh, someone we liked through timeless architecture, I believe. And they had, a, they had a facility somewhat like ours. Did you go with me that day or I go with you? We went, we went and checked these things out. And, and at the time they said, this thing's going to cost you a million dollars. If you want one of these, it's going to be a million dollars. And so the elders talked about it. We prayed about it. And then we got excited about it. And then we talked to the church about it. And we did like a, a after we did our homework and investigation, I probably took eight months. We then spent three months talking to the church about it. And the church got excited. And the church caught the dream. And the church caught the vision. And we set ourselves a time and a date, October the 6th, 1985. We're all going to have lunch together and we're going to raise a million dollars. A church of our size, that was unheard of. And I I think some some people just showed up to see if we could do it. (laughs) And you know what we did? It was God-honoring. It was scary, and yet we were excited at the same time. When was the last time you challenged yourself to do something scary and exciting for God? That's what 50 days is all about. And I don't want you to miss a single message on Sunday for the next seven weeks. I don't want you to miss a single growth group for the next seven weeks. Make it a priority in your life. Don't miss a single daily devotion. They're already ready to go. You get the scripture. You got the, it all prepared for you right here in this book. You just need to see my friend Vicky afterwards and pick one up at the Family Life Center out here. And so, um, we called that campaign "To God Be the Glory" because we knew if this thing was going to be pulled off, it was going to be God doing it. And our theme and our theme song was "To God Be the Glory." We sang it, I think, every time we got together to remind us He gets the glory. Goals are statements of faith. Look up here at Matthew chapter nine, what Jesus said in verse twenty-nine: "According to your faith." it will be done unto you. Your faith. What Jesus is really saying there is, I'm going to let you choose how much I bless your life. I'm going to let you choose what blessings go into your life because I'm going to use your faith to make it happen. We've got a big God. We can choose big, big goals. Dream big dreams. So ask yourself, What's the goal that you have for your physical health, your spiritual health, your relational health, your financial health? It takes faith, but God says, go for it. I will be with you. A third reason that goal setting is so important is goals focus my energy. To be effective, uh, I, I must be focused on what God's called me to do. You know, if you have a flashlight, that is diffused light. It's not very powerful. But you can take that same flashlight and get that light down so focused and refined it becomes a laser and it can cut through steel. Now, your life needs to be focused. You know why? Because the world's going to be trying to get your attention and get you off your focus and get you to do all kinds of other things in this next 50 days. And God says, no, don't let that happen. You stay focused to the task of transformation. You don't have time to do everything. God doesn't want you to do everything. Only a few things really matter in life. And the secret to an effective life is to have a focused life on what God wants you to do. Uh, Paul will put it like this in 1 Corinthians 9.26. I think Paul was either an athlete or he liked athletics because he uses a lot of athletic terms. He's talking about a runner here. He says... Do not run without a goal. See, if, you, if you've ever been in a race uh, and the, the, the gun goes off, boom. You know where the finish line is. Nobody says, okay, how about joining me in my race? Here we go. On your mark, set, go. When you start running, all of a sudden you go, well, okay, where's the finish line? Where's the goal? you got to know where the goal is, right? Runners have to have a goal. He says, now, when I get in the ring and I box, I fight like a boxer who's hitting something, not just the air. What's he saying? I don't shadow box, man. When I get into the arena with Satan, I'm in there to knock him out with the power of God. He says, I mean business. You need to have a goal or you are just running around in circles. If you want to learn to play the guitar, you can't just play air guitar. you got to get a guitar. Someone gave me a guitar this year. And I want you to know, I don't have a musical bone on my body. But I have a goal in mind. I am going to learn one song this year. And remember I told you a few weeks ago, don't try to do it alone. Get yourself a teacher. Get yourself a trainer. Get someone who's kind of like a coach. And i got a really good coach. His name's Keith Urban. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> yeah, he, he's my coach. And, and I meet with him six minutes a day. Five days a week. And this song only has two chords to it. I got the G down, the C's giving me some problems. But I think if I stay with it, I've given myself a, it's a big goal for me. I don't have a musical bone in my body, but if I stick with this in one year, I will be able to play this song. I believe that. I've set myself a goal. I may not be able to play it very well. But I will be able to play it, and it's fun to me. <laughs> you would think it's terrible, but it's fun to me. You know, just something I enjoy doing. Don't play air guitar this year, okay? With Whatever God's calling you to do, do it like you mean business. A fourth thing, goals keep me going. They give me hope to keep moving forward, to endure, to persist. Without a goal, you really have no reason to get out of bed. Remember the story of Job. Job was just so down and so discouraged and so depressed, he didn't want to live. But remember, God gave Satan permission to do a lot of things to him, but Satan couldn't kill him. And Job wants to die. Look how depressed he is in Job chapter 6 and verse 11. I do not have the strength to endure. I do not have a goal that encourages me to carry on. He was so down and discouraged, he he couldn't even set a goal. Much think. Think of a goal. Accomplish a goal. Uh, They did a study on uh, Holocaust survivors. And um, they found out the ones that made it had one common denominator. Do you know what it was? All of them had a goal. They all had somebody, something. Something they wanted to do. Somebody they wanted to see. And they envisioned that goal every day. Getting back home. Getting their freedom. Being reunited with a family member. uh, Going to a a foreign country. Something they've always wanted to do. They, They thought about a goal. And it kept them going. Those without a goal sort of just gave up and died. And so you got to have a goal. And they don't even have to be big goals, you know, to be meaningful or to motivate you. Uh, If you've ever been in the hospital, you've been really, really sick, maybe your first goal is just to sit up in bed. Maybe feed yourself. Maybe uh, walk down to the end of the hall at the hospital and and walk back. Uh, You know, just get through the week. You know, they may seem like small goals, but they're very, very important. So if you're discouraged this morning, I would suggest that you get a goal. And in 50 days, we're going to give you seven goals in seven key areas of your life. And we'll be praying for you. Fifthly, goals build my character. Listen, the greatest benefit of faith goals is not the achievement, but rather what you become in the process That's important. It's not necessarily the achievement, but what God does through you while you're going through the process of achieving the goal. While you're achieving the goal, God is working on you. God is strengthening you. God is much more interested in your character than He is in your accomplishment. You won't take your accomplishments into heaven, but you will take your character into heaven. And so, while you are working on your goal, God is working on you, and that change in you will last for an eternity. Philippians 3.12, Paul will say, I keep striving toward the goal. You see that word striving there? I put it in big bold letters, didn't I? No, I didn't. I underlined it. That carries with it the idea of Intention. You've got to intend, if you're striving, to do something. If you want to be a good husband, you'll never be a good husband unless you intend to be a good husband. You have to strive for it. you going to be a good wife? Never going to happen unless you intend for it to happen. And so whatever goals you set in this next 50 days, there needs to be striving, there needs to be intention. It doesn't happen without it. And then number six, goals, good goals, will be rewarded. Goals are rewarded in two ways. Um, they're rewarded here on earth by people, and they're rewarded in heaven by God. Proverbs chapter eleven twenty-seven says, If your goals are good, you will be respected. Last Monday was Martin Luther King Day. Why do we celebrate that? Because here was a man that set good goals. Who set unselfish goals. He didn't focus on greed. He didn't focus on pleasure or power or popularity. But he lived to fight injustice. He lived to fight prejudice. He, he lived to fight racism. He set good goals for his life. And so we say... That was a good man who did something really good and we want to honor him by having a holiday. Well, the Bible talks about setting goals for eternity as well. In 1 Corinthians 9.25 it says all athletes practice strict self-control. When you're in training, um, getting ready for a marathon... As I know some of you, are, is it the L.A. marathon that's coming up? Man, I, I say, how, many, how, how often do you run? Every day, how many miles a week? Ah, getting ready. Strict training. Well, athletes do that. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. How long? You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James Dobson tells a story. Um, I I think he was like a tennis champion or something in college, or he won you know whatever, and uh, they put his trophy in the trophy case at his school. And um, one day they were cleaning out the trophy case, (laughs) and uh, it got thrown away. It was in the trash, and the janitor happened to see James Dobson. This trophy's on the, and he calls up James Dobson. He says, "Hey." I found your trophy for, you know, this championship tennis thing you did back in college in, in his college days. This is probably, I don't know, 25 years later. And he says, oh, really? Where'd you find it? In the trash. <laughs> and Dobson says, listen, folks, one day your trophies are going to end up in the trash. The thing that really matters is what? Eternity. We and and that's what it says, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. So, what kind of goals does God bless? What kind of goals should we ask? Whenever you set a goal, ask yourself these three questions: Will this goal honor God? Will it bring glory to God? Uh, it, it, will it cause me to love God more? Will it cause me to love his people more? Will it cause me to trust him more and serve others more in first corinthians six twenty Paul says, God paid a great price for you. all you got to do is look at the cross and you can see the price he paid. So use your body to honor God. Honor God with your body. do something for others if God has given you a body. And when you use your body for yourself and your own personal goals, goals, give it to God. Uh, you, you, kids, young people, what can I do? Well, take out the trash. Use your body to take out the trash without your parents having to yell at you to take out the trash. That brings honor to God, right? Because you're obeying your parents. Uh, you can Husbands, do the dishes once in a while to honor your wife. That's using your body for God. Uh, years and years ago, I was in high school, and my, dad, I, my dad's best friend, his name was Eddie Kundis, and uh, he had a, a camera, a little Super 8 camera, I guess, and he came to one of my football games, and he was video, or not, not video, but camera, you know, using that, and, and no sound or anything like that, but I was getting ready to go play, and he says, go play for God, and I said, you can do that? <laughs> I, I hadn't even thought about that before. He said, well, he gave you a body, didn't he? I go, yeah, he did. Well, go use it now. And I remember, before the kickoff, I'm thinking, God, this, this I'm playing this game for you. This is going to be fun. God, we're doing it. I'm in on it together. Use your body to honor God. Young people that are studying for Bible Bowl, use your minds, your brains to study for God. And then, aren't you guys going to Las Cruces soon? The Bible Bowl there? You poor God-honoring chaperones, I'm praying for you, but you're using your bodies for God to go with these young people. And, uh, and some of the moms I heard are you know, making lunch for the, our kids today. You're using your body for God so that the, the young people can study and do a good job when they go to Bible Bowl. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all to the glory of God. Will this goal honor God? Will it give Him the glory? If you have the right attitude, it will. If you have the right motivation to bring honor to Him, it will. Number two question to ask yourself, is this goal motivated by love? See, God is not going to honor a a goal that is motivated by greed or ego or pride or materialism or envy or selfishness. God doesn't honor stuff like that. 1 Corinthians 14 says, Let love be your highest goal. And so... If you're setting loveless goals, don't expect a blessing there. You're just going to use people as projects and you're going to run all over them to get your goal. God says no to that and guarantee it. And then the third question to ask is, not only is this God-honoring, is this motivated by love, but will this goal require depending on God? Will it require some risk? I, I want my goals to be exciting and scary at the same time. But we got a big God who will help us through it. Proverbs 16.9 says, We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. Now, three quick helps that God has promised to give us when we do these kinds of goals. I need God's Spirit, I need God's Word, and I need God's people. See, we are better together. First of all, I need God's Spirit to empower me because In the flesh, I'm not going to be able to accomplish the things that I have in my mind. Zechariah 4.6 You will not succeed by your own strength or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I need God's word to guide me. Remember when Joshua was about to take the promised land? Moses has died. God comes to Joshua and he says, Okay, you're going to cross the Jordan River and... um, You're going to lead the people across. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to use my word. Look at this next verse. This is Joshua 1.8. God's talking to Joshua when he says, Keep this book of the law. When you think book of the law, think of the Bible. Keep the Bible on your lips. Recite it day and night that you may carefully follow all that is written in it. Then, this is one of those When and then verses. When you do this, when you lift up the Bible, you recite it, you get it in your mind, then you will be successful and attain your goal. See, when you got the Word of God, folks, and you put it to action in something like 50 days of transformation, then you will be successful. And that's my hope and prayer for all of you and for myself. And then look at this last verse I'm going to head on out here give the band time to come on up and praise band the stage is now all yours. We'll read this last verse from out here. I need God's people to support me. Ecclesiastes 4:12. By yourself, you're unprotected. But with a friend, you can face the worst. And a group of three, hey, that's a small group, isn't it? Is even better because a rope braided with three strands is not easily snapped. We need each other. Now I want to close with three action points. Three action steps I want to leave you with today. I want you to sign up if you haven't already done so. Go out and see Vicki out the double doors 90 feet to the Family Life Center. And should be at the booth. Get a book today. And next week when you start your small group, I want you guys to take a group photo, okay? And I want you to email it to LV. And then I want you to take that same group photo and email it to a friend or two of yours. And say, hey, we're doing Transformed at Crosspoint Christian Church. Why don't you come join us? When was the last time you invited someone to church? That'd be a great thing to do. So at your first meeting, this is your assignment. Take a group picture and send it to LV. And then, if you haven't already, if if you, if, if um, God so laid it on your heart to think big and think, you know what, I, I can be a host. You know, I, I like people. I can open up my home or use one of the classrooms here. I can serve a snack. And I know how to turn on a DVD. Well, Go see Vicky because there's a place to sign up for that, and she'll hand you a DVD today. So, I hope you're all going to be excited about this next 50 days of what God's going to do. Let's pray about it. Lord, thank you for this good audience that listened so attentively today to your word. And they all want to be a success in the seven key areas of their life. And Lord, we're praying that we'll cooperate with your plan to make that happen. Uh, bless the rest of this day, and we pray your blessing upon the next 50 days. In Jesus' name, amen.